know what that sound means. It's another exciting installment of the Van Brawl Seasons Podcast, where we talk local sports, both the Atlanta Pro franchises, like the Braves, Hawks, Falcons, and we also talk the University of Georgia Bulldogs. So strap in, guys. It's another exciting episode about to start right now. What up, podcast land? This is just Jam and Joe of the Fan Fall Seasons Podcast. On tonight's episode, we're going to talk some Atlanta Braves baseball. We are 24 hours away from Atlanta Falcons preseason football, the first game of the preseason, Falcons and Titans. So we'll be talking about that tonight as well. And to round out the show, we'll do our second installment of the Jersey Countdown for the University of Georgia Bulldog football team as they get ready for week one against the Clemson Tigers, which is 23 days away after the recording in this podcast and so that'll mean I'll be talking about two former dogs to wear the number 23 and one current Georgia Bulldog for fans to for fans to know and to get acquainted with will be wearing the number 23 as well so that's what we got on deck for the show tonight it should be a fun show I'm really looking forward to it and I'll be connecting with RG3 via the fan for all seasons family here in a second but before we get to that I think it's time we get a word from our sponsor and fan for all seasons is brought to you in part by Georgia Smoke Barbecue authentic original oak smoke barbecue catering you can learn more at georgiasmoke.com and i'll be connecting with rg3 here in one second and we're back fan brawl seasons fans we're going to connect via the fan brawl seasons van line and bring on my astute co-host the one the only mr rg3 how's it going my dude oh it's going great uh, a little warm outside um so you know doing what i can to stay cool but, you know, just enjoying the summer, or the end of the summer. Yeah, the end of the summer. And we'll, we'll speak into that. And speaking of and, and speaking of 90 degree temperature, um, and, and so I've been watching the Braves game. They're currently getting drilled by the Reds. The last score I got, it was 9-1. And the temperature there at Truist Park is 90 degrees, man. And it made me think, I'm really glad I'm not at Truist Park right now. I mean, not only is the score not good, but the heat is just, it's tough, dude. It's tough sledding. Yeah, that's when it gets into, you know, when it's supposed to be. Definitely, definitely. Well, on the subject of Truist Park and the Braves, I think we're going to start up the show with some Atlanta Braves baseball talk. And so, RG3, let's get it rolling, man. All right. So, after winning a series against the Nationals this past weekend, the Braves homestand continues with the with the series against the Cincinnati Reds. What have your thoughts been about the series so far? Well, well, let me start out with how things have been going against the Reds. And so game one was Tuesday, and the Braves had to fight and and nip and claw and find their way back and win a tight one, three to two. And some key moments in that game was all the way in the ninth inning when Will Smith, when Will Smith was able to get a key double play to end the game. And that double play was started by none other than former Gold Glove Award winner Freddie Freeman over at first base and he started it and so that was the big key in the game for the Braves and then last night's game which I gotta be honest I fell asleep in extra innings and I woke up in the middle of the night and I heard that Ozzy Albies hit a game-winning walk-off three-run homer to beat the Reds eight to six and so and so the first two games went really well for the Braves and the Reds well let me just say let me just talk about them for a second the, the Reds are one of those one of those teams RG3 that have a really good offense I mean Joey Votto is kind of the straw that stirs the Reds drink he's really good Aritas Aquino out in the outfield he usually plays either left or right field 
Then they got Kyle Farmer, the former Georgia Bulldog, who's a really who's a really good offensive piece. Then Jonathan India, who arguably up for rookie of the year for the Reds. They got the former Florida Gator infielder. And then they've got Anna Hanio Suarez at third base, who's a really good hitter. And they've also got Tucker Barnhart, who's a good catcher too. I mean, the Reds are stacked. And so definitely offense is not the problem with Cincinnati. And the big issue with the Reds has been their bullpen. And the Braves took advantage of it last night in the comeback victory over the Reds. And right now, as I mentioned, the Braves are losing 9-1. And Kyle Muller has had, has had a rough start. And the past couple starts for Kyle have been kind of frustrating. And the fact that he just hasn't really looked, hasn't really looked poised and calm and been able to command his fastball for strike. And with his inability to command his fastball for strike, he's been having to labor and he's been having to use his slider and his curveball a lot. And and good and good offenses like Cincinnati were teeing off on his secondary pitches. And so I'm a little worried about Kyle Muller right now. But, but other than that, I thought this series against the Reds has gone along really well, and the Braves have some good momentum. And there's also one last point I want to bring up. As of last night, I know things have changed up up to the second here with the standings. As of last night, the Braves were tied with the Phillies for first place in the NL East, but if you look at the standings right now, the Braves are a half game back of the first place Philadelphia Phillies, who won earlier today. They beat the LA Dodgers 2-1, to one. And, and so yeah, and so that's kind of where the Braves sit right now. And, and I still like where they are. I still think they're in a good place, but, but as I mentioned earlier, you know, with today's game it's definitely been a rough one for the Braves I hope they can come back but if not I mean at the end of the day RG3 what matters if you're the Braves is winning series that's really what matters uh yeah um as long as you come out on top um overall you know you you have majority every time then you'll win out but Yep, uh, two out of three, yeah. two out of three. Yeah, uh, but how, how do you feel about Will Smith? I mean, he's been up and down in the closures role. Um, should the Braves keep him in the ninth inning role? And so RG3, how I would handle the closer situation, hit you, with, hit you with some stats first. And these are some recent stats on Will Smith. And so Will Smith has converted 23 of 27 saves. He's won four saves, and two of them being recent. And so 23 of 27, and that's an 85% conversion rate as as far as him converting saves. But but my biggest frustration with Will Smith was was brought to light by Braves broadcaster Jeff Francoeur. And that is, it appears it appears to Francoeur and me, and I'm sure a lot of Braves fans out there that Will Smith just seems to not be throwing his fastball and commanding it like wanting to throw it and it just seems like he's wanting to live off his secondary pitches now I don't I don't know if he's intimidated to throw his fastball or what's going on I mean you could argue Kyle Muller and Will Smith are going through similar or are going through similar patches and to be <clears throat> and to be a closer in a big time in a big time role like that with, with, with a guy like Will Smith is you have to be able to command your fastball and throw it for strike now, what I would do going forward is pretty simple. The, the Braves' most recent acquisition in the bullpen is Richard Rodriguez, the former Pittsburgh Pirate closer, and he he's done a really good job out of the pen. And so I would put him as your closer. And and the big difference between Rodriguez and Smith is Will Smith is known for his slider and his secondary stuff more so than his fastball. Richard Rodriguez is pretty much a straight fastball guy. Like it's 92 to 93, but he's got better command of it than Will Smith does with his fastball. 
fastball. Now I, I know closers are gonna blow saves. I get I get it's a part of baseball, especially over a six month season. But but it just seems like there have been moments where Will Smith always seems to be in some kind of trouble, and he has to find a way to navigate it and figure it out. I still think Will Smith is a big key part of the Braves going forward. But I would but I would give the closers roll over to Richard Rodriguez. That's how I would handle it. RG three. Yeah. Um. How do you feel about Travis Darnold uh, being back in the lineup following his broken thumb? Uh, how much better are the Braves with Darnold back? Oh, so play? much deeper. They're so much deeper with Darnold. And Dar- and Darno last night got a hit. He he got a single to left, and and it was just good to see him back there. I mean, we're talking about a guy who a year ago RG three won a Silver Slugger award. And for those of you that don't know, the Silver Slugger award is the award given out to the player who's hitting best at that position, whether it be catcher, first base, second base, whenever whenever the position may be. And Travis Darno won it for the National League for catchers last year. And so Darno's got some pop in his bat, and and he's an RBI guy, and he's definitely a guy that that the Braves have desperately missed. And here's another crazy thing to think about RG3. In Darno's absence, the Braves have used seven different catchers. Seven different ones. Um, I'm trying to think of other catchers they've used earlier in the year. I mean, the list, go, the list goes on and on as far as catchers that they've used. And uh, and honestly, the most product, honestly, the most productive of those catchers in Darno's absence has been what has been William Contreras. But let's remember about William Contreras, RG3, is at the beginning of the year, William Contreras was at double A Mississippi. He he honestly wasn't supposed to be here this quick. But the Braves needed him out of necessity. And he did a really good job. He had seven home runs since joining the big club. Now, now I think at the end of the day, I think the Braves sending Contreras back to AAA and letting him work on his skills and getting better you know, for down the road, I think that's the right move. But going back to Darno, I definitely think Travis Darno being back is a huge boost to the Braves. And I really like where, where Darno fits in the lineup. He'll probably bat sixth or seventh. And he gives you that power righty bat that the Braves have desperately, desperately been looking for. And so it's just good to have Travis Arno back. It really, really is. Yeah, definitely. And following the series against the Reds, Braves are going to go on a pretty long trip, beginning with playing the Nationals on Friday. Like last weekend, this is a chance for the Braves to get right and start a road trip with a series victory at Washington. Oh, absolutely. It, it, it is. And... And, I th- and similar to last weekend, I think it's imperative. It's imperative for the Braves to win at least two out of three. You know, as we talked about earlier with winning series, I think that's definitely a big key for the Braves. I think they need to go up to Washington and take care of business. And especially especially depending on what happens in the rest of the Cincinnati game tonight, if the Braves happen to get blown out and... Um, you know, as they're doing right now. And it just appears to me that this Washington series is mission critical. And whenever you get a chance to play anybody in your division, whether it be Miami or Washington or anybody or any of those teams, I I think it's paramount for the Braves to be able to get, to be able to win at least two out of three and to be able to build that resume to make sure to stay afloat and be able to edge yourself in the top spot in the National League East. And the, and the Braves have set the pitching rotation for the weekend and it's going to be Charlie Morton on Friday, Max Freed on Saturday, and Drew Smiley on Sunday. And so you feel good about where the Braves are and as they embark on this long road trip. The rest of the road trip, RG3, goes like this. They have three in Washington, and then they have three in Miami, and off day Thursday. And then next weekend, they play the Baltimore Orioles in beautiful Camden Yards. It's arguably one of my favorite ballparks and one that I would love to go to. And, uh, and so we'll talk more about that next week 
on the pod as the Braves rivalry road trip in the NL East and playing an AL East rival in the Orioles will continue. And so that's going to do it for our baseball part of the show. And so we're going to move on to some Atlanta Falcons football. So you may have fire when ready, RG. All right. Well, I know you're pretty excited. 24 hours from right now, the Atlanta Falcons will be playing their first preseason uh, game. Preseason opener uh, against the Tennessee Titans. What is the thing you're most looking forward to seeing on the Friday night game. Well, what I'm really curious to see on Friday is it's just how Arthur Smith is on game day. Now, I know preseason football, I know you can't really get a lot out of it, And but as a fan, what I'm curious to see is seeing how Arthur Smith, how he does things on game day, and, and yeah. just like his basic calls, and, and just kind of see how Arthur Smith handles himself. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's never been a head coach before, who by all indications as from what everything that I reading here with the Falcons is is that everybody's really excited to see what Mr. Smith can do and um, I hope we get to see Matt Ryan play at least one series, maybe two, but it's probably going to be it's probably going to be one series at max. We get to see Matt Ryan, so it'll be cool to see how Arthur Smith handles himself on a game day and and just kind of see the whole team in general and and see the new vibe and the new energy surrounding the Atlanta Falcons. And it'll also be kind of interesting for Arthur Smith, you know, getting to go up against his old team and the Tennessee Titans and Julio Jones, former Falcon great with the Titans. So so those are definitely some storylines that I'm looking most forward to on Friday. Players, players? oh. So we we all know like Matt Ryan and, and you know all the all the um, you know the great players that are returning. But I, I guess I should state the question better: Who are the new players that we haven't seen yet uh, in the NFL? Are you looking forward to seeing? Oh, gotcha, gotcha. For me, it's pretty simple. I'm curious to see Richie Grant. The Falcons second round pick, the safety out of Central Florida. I think he think he's a guy who, who Falcon fans are really gonna like. He's really athletic. He's got really good ball skills and he, he's a hard hitter and he's pretty good in coverage. And another another kind of under the radar guy who's a skill guy out wide is sixth round pick Frank Darby, the wide receiver out of Arizona State. I'm excited to see him. I think he I think he's got a chance to make an impact. And the Falcons receiving core, as we talked about on previous episodes, and is looking for another guy besides Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts to step up. It could be Frank Darby. Now, I know he's a rookie and playing wide receiver in the NFL as a rookie is really hard to do, but I'd really like to see Frank Darby stick and see if he can make an impact for the Falcons, not only in the preseason, but in the regular season as well. Deonta Foreman on Monday, and then, so what, what does he bring to the Falcons um, as far as the running back? Well, what Deontay Foreman brings is he brings stability and he brings experience. He brings experience to, to a running back room that hasn't that doesn't really have a lot of experience. I mean, other other than Mike Davis, the running back or, or the former Carolina Panthers slash South Carolina running back. And Deontay Foreman for the for fans that don't know, he's a running back out of Texas. And so he did a really good job in the Big 12 in college. And and he and he's a veteran guy. And I think he'll be able to provide some stability. And and because the running back room, also you have Quadre Allison, who hasn't really gotten to play much, who the Falcons drafted two years ago out of Pittsburgh, and Allison is more of a big physical bruising back. For for Falcon fans who are around in the who are around in the Michael Vick era, when you think of Qua- when you see Quadre Allison, who he'll remind you of is TJ Duckett, the former running back out of Michigan State. He was just real big, real strong, and, and was a big bruising back. And then you've got Core Daryl Patter. 
Cordero Patterson, the former wide receiver slash running back who's converted himself into a running back, but he played wide receiver in college at Tennessee. He's a really good athlete, and I saw him in college with the Vols when he played against Georgia, and and Patterson is just a dynamic athlete. And I'm curious to see how Arthur Smith uses him. You know, whether whether he has Patterson line up in the backfield or whether he has him flex out wide and use some of those wide receiver skills that Patterson has. And so hopefully, so going back to Deontay Foreman, I hope Foreman and Mike Davis can kind of form a tandem, kind of a thunder and lightning type deal. And then you mix in your Quadre Allison in like super short yardage situations. And then you're able to get a dynamic athlete like Cordero Patterson out in the backfield. You know, maybe have Ryan you know, try to hit him on some quick passes and, and try to let him utilize his speed too. And so at the end of the day, it definitely looks like that Deontay Foreman, Mike Davis, Quadre Allison, and Cordero Patterson provide the Falcons options at running back. Because similar, because similarly in, to baseball, with running backs is you can never have enough running backs and you can never have enough offensive linemen and defensive linemen. And, and how it equates to baseball is in baseball, you can never have enough relief pitching and enough starting. You, you just got to have quality depth everywhere. Depth. Depth in pro sports is the name of the game. Uh, are you are you keeping your eye on any of the Titans during this game? Ooh, as far as the Titans, I mean, when you think of Tennessee, what you think of is obviously you think of Derrick Henry. He's he'll be out there for a little bit. Ryan Tannehill will be out there for a little bit. The quarterback. So it'll be interesting to see how Tannehill, you know, no matter you know no matter how much he plays, how how Tannehill does against this Falcons defensive line. It'll be interesting to see how AJ Brown. I know he'll play. A limited amount. See how AJ Brown and see how Julio, if he does play, how to, to see those two together. And so the Falcons, the Falcons secondary will have their hands full. I know they, I know they probably won't be on the field very long because it's the preseason and it's the first game. But it'll be, but it'll be good to see, you know, how AJ Terrell and Richie Grant, you know, who I talked about earlier, the safety, and it'll, it'll be interesting to see how the back end of the Falcons defense does against these explosive weapons for Tennessee. I mean, I mean, all, I mean, on. Honestly, with that being just on a limited basis, with them just being on a limited basis. Um, and also this RG3, I will definitely watch a good bit of the Falcons Titans. I may not watch every single second of it, but I'm definitely going to watch a big chunk of it. And hopefully, hopefully there'll be some fun stuff to watch. And it'll, it'll be just good to have football back. I mean, I... I'm just, I, dude. I can't tell you how excited I am about these Falcons. I mean, I just have so much, so much re, so much new energy, so much excitement with what they've got right now. And I just, like I, like I've said at nauseum, I really like Arthur Smith. I think Falcon fans are gonna love him. And when they made the hire, I was so excited because, I, because as I've talked about, the thing that I like about Smith is he's an offensive-minded coach. Like it is, like it is his show. It is his party, and we don't have to have somebody, you know, up in the booth being like, oh, you know, our offensive coordinator, ball. Blah, blah. No, this is Arthur Smith. This is Arthur Smith's thing in general. Well, well, I want to get to one last thing kind of off subject, but it still kind of has to do with the Falcons. The Falcons dropped their sideline, their sideline gear for the year. And RG3, I scored the latest Falcon sideline hat. And it is the old school bird, the, the, the classic one from like the late 90s and the 2000s. And it's a sweet hat. So, uh-huh. so I highly recommend going to the Falcons gear store and gearing up because they got some sweet new gear for the upcoming season so swag up guys i might have to 
check that out. Dude. But I do have one last question before before we move on to college football. What's that? And I mean, this could really be a transition. But um, now, are there any form of Georgia Bulldogs that you're going to watch? You know, even if it's not the Falcons or the Titans, Tennessee Titan game. You know, it, it, are you going to flip to a certain channel and be like, oh, I, I got to check this guy out? Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. And uh, and I'm glad you mentioned the Titans RG3, and because former Georgia Bulldog. Monte Rice, the linebacker, is with the Tennessee Titans, so it'll be interesting to see him out there, out there going up against the Falcons. I mean, you look at like Eric Stokes, who's with the Green Bay Packers, and and if there happen to be highlights, I'll be looking for Eric Stokes. And it'll just be good to see all the ex-Georgia Bulldogs, you know, out there in the NFL. I wish them all the best. I just don't want them to ball out and do well against the Falcons, because that is my one rule. I root for the Georgia guys through and through, but when they play against the Falcons, how I look at it is I want that individual Georgia guy to do well, but I want the Falcons to win. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the All best right. of the best of both worlds, man. The best of both worlds. Well, that's a great transition you brought on with the Atlanta from the Atlanta Falcons to the Georgia Bulldogs, and so and so we're just 23 days away, RG3, from Georgia Clemson, and so it's our second installment of the Georgia Bulldog football jersey countdown. So so I'm just gonna get going here in terms of that RG3, and so we're at number 23, and so when you think of number 23 for Georgia, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in the wayback machine for for those of you like early. T- 2000s, like 2005, the first number 23 I think of is Tim Jennings. And so, and so Tim Jennings has two kind of big moments for me that make me think of him and the number 23. And the first of those is the interception he had in return for a touchdown. It was 16 yards in the 05 SEC, SEC Championship game where Georgia just obliterated LSU. And that came off quarterback Matt Flynn, the backup LSU quarterback, because Jamarcus Russell got hurt in that game. And, jo- and Georgia just blasted LSU. I'm, I mean, Georgia to just put them behind the woodshed. And so Tim Jennings' 16-yard interception for a touchdown was definitely one of those big moments back in 2005. And another big moment Tim Jennings had in his career, he had a key interception in the 05 05 Tech game where the Dogs won a nail-biter 14-7. Oh my gosh, ugly football. But Georgia found a way to beat the arch rival and to beat the North Avenue Trade School at Bobby Dodd Stadium. And Tech was quarterbacked by the great Reggie Ball, of all people. I know us Georgia fans love us some Reggie Ball for sure, because he would always find a way to throw it to Georgia. Um, and so there's one last 23 I want to talk about. And this guy was a recent Bulldog. And this is so this is Mark Webb. So Mark Webb finished up his career a year ago, and he was a former wide receiver. He moved to safety. And here's some, here some big moments for Mark Webb in his career. He had nine tackles alone against Mississippi State. He had a key interception against Auburn last year as well. And he also had a big forced fumble late in the Notre Dame game to preserve the win for Georgia. And so Mark, so Mark Webb, and, and so when I think of 23, I think of Tim Jennings and Mark Webb, for sure. Now, and there, and there is one, and there is one current Georgia Bulldog who is wearing number 23 right now. And that is new defensive back Tyke Smith, the transfer from West Virginia. And he's a he's a big time player. He's a really good athlete. He had I wanna say he had three or four interceptions with West Virginia last year. He's got really good ball skill. And I look for him to make a huge impact for the dogs against not only Clemson, but the rest of the uh, the rest of the 2021 schedule. So those are your so those are your Georgia Bulldogs to wear the number 23, both past and present, as we are just 23 days away 
from Georgia and Clemson. Man, I'm so ready for college football. I am too. I am too. And RG3, well, something that really stood out to me is this, man. And is Auburn goes to Penn State week two? Happy Valley? Say that again? And is Auburn travels to Happy Valley to play Penn State on the road week two? That That's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome, man. <laughs> Like, like, Penn State's one of those, like, cathedrals of college football. Like, Beaver Stadium holds over, like, 100,000 people. And if they're doing a whiteout or whatever, I mean, it's a big deal in Big Ten country. So, so that's really cool that Auburn's playing against Penn State week two. And that really stood out to me on Auburn's schedule. Yeah, and, and I mean, we'll, we'll see how the uh, beginning of our schedule plays out. Uh, I mean, it's nothing too out, um, outstanding right now, but um, it's... Because we got we've got Akron, Alabama State, and then Penn State, so it's actually the third game of the season. Oh, it's the third game. My um, bad. Yeah, and then Georgia State. Um, yeah, I'm, that's going to be an interesting game. Oh, um, and oh in the conference with LSU and then Georgia. Oh yeah, baby, October 9th. Let's let's do it, man. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm pumped, man. I'm pumped. Well, are you, yeah, it, yeah, it's going to be fun for sure, man. It's going to be fun. Well, RG3, before we get out of here and before we get a word from our sponsor, I think it's time that I tell everybody about our website, fanforallseasons.com. So you can go, so you can check it out. And on there, what you can do, what you're able to do is you can read, you can read the bio about how the podcast came to be from RG3 and I. And there's a sweet picture of us chilling with Chip Carey and Joe Simpson, RG3. I love that photo. Whenever I look at the website, I'm like, yeah, we were chilling with Chip Carey. That was pretty cool. And, uh, and so that's on there and you can listen to past episodes and the most recent recent episode which will be this one under the listen now tab and then there's also our merchandise store which rg3 it's still like t-shirt season so so our t-shirts are comfy colors we got them in a variety of colors and per and perfect for perfect for fall and football coming up and then when it cools down we've got hoodies and t-shirt we've got hoodies and sweatshirts and the whole nine so go to our so go to our merchandise store check it out get merchandise rg3 and i would really appreciate it and rg3 i think it's time we get a word from our sponsor Alright, well, Fan for All Seasons is brought to you in part by Georgia Smoke Barbecue. Authentic, original, oat-smoked barbecue catering. Learn more at georgiasmoke.com. And so for RG3, this has been Jam and Joe. This has been another exciting installment of the Fan for All Seasons podcast, and we'll talk to you guys next week. See ya!